This is the Horse Radio Network. Tired of hearing about coronavirus? Us too. But we're worried it's hitting too close to home. This week, we asked a super show-jumping mom how she got her nerve back to jump the big sticks after having a baby. Horses are athletes, and we discuss tips on how to reduce fatigue. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm L.A. Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 67 of Heels Down Happy Hour. How are you guys? Good. How are you guys? Surviving. It's yeah. mud season. <laughs> Surviving actually, in general is like a good theme for this episode. <laughs> I actually decided not to ride yesterday because the thought of brushing my horse made me sick. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, no, he's black. He was white with mud. Oh, or not wow. white. tan, sandy. I said, never mind. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy today. I'll wait till I can bathe you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this episode is brought to you by EcoGold. We are huge fans of EcoGold on this show. And if you didn't know, EcoGold is donating 15% of all cross-country saddle pad sales this month on their website to Frangible Fences for Eventing, It's which is an initiative that Doug Payne is part of to make cross-country safer. So if you have ever been in the market or you've been thinking about it but haven't you know, taking the plunge. Now is the time to buy yourself an EcoGold pad and support safety and eventing at the same time. You can do that by going to ecogold.ca. So you guys, I have a really fun drink this week. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Yes. So it's a bourbon cherry vanilla sangria. And I'm like, who doesn't like bourbon and wine together? Like that's pretty incredible. That sounds so, delicious. Like, it just sounds yeah, perfect. Right? Like, some of my favorite things. And this one calls for half a pound. That's a lot. Half a pound of pitted cherries. And then you need one. They recommend, like, a Madagascar bourbon vanilla bean. And you need one of those. One bottle, a 750 milliliter bottle of Cab Sav. Half a cup of bourbon half a cup of simple syrup and 24 ounces of ginger beer and a ton of ice. And oh. basically what you do is you add the vanilla bean and the cherries to the bottle bottom of the big pitcher, pour all the rest of the ingredients except for the ice, stir it and combine everything like together. And then you want to put the pitcher back in the fridge for overnight or at least a couple hours to get it really cold. And then basically serve it over ice. Mm, that sounds that sounds awesome. I'm gonna make yeah. that this week. That sounds cherry really good. sounds so good right now. So this is like it, it's hitting the spot. I need this. Yeah, <laughs> I think we could all use this one after this week, huh? Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then going forward to other news, I saw a really random thing. So federal prosecutors have charged 27 racehorse trainers, veterinarians, and drug distributors this past Monday in a series of indictments for doping horses. Wow. That's a big deal. In New York. Yeah. Good for them. It is good. And among one of the ones that were charged was the trainer of maximum security, that horse that raced in the Derby 
Yeah. And he's actually like, he was the one that finished first, but then got disqualified. But there's a number of like big, big race restrainers and vets that are getting prosecuted. So I'm like glad, good on them, like to step up and actually get them for doping the horses for various reasons. Yeah, definitely. No, that's a big story. Yeah. My news is not as, I guess, newsworthy, but I think it is. So have you guys heard of the naked challenge? No. Maybe. Okay. So I interest, like, just if you see something called the naked challenge, right? You're like, what the heck? Why is this on the internet? So I did some research into it and it's actually like this um, campaign to spread like helmet awareness so it's like you know i'd rather you know ride naked than not wear a helmet and it's just like people like there's one girl like who's covered herself her you know genitalia and whatnot with hay and like she's wearing a helmet um which like i i don't recommend but in any case it's kind of (laughs) shifted to (laughs) to the helmet challenge which i think is is better and more uh Yeah, PG, which is still for brain injury awareness. And like all these kids, these like barn rat kids are doing like upside down handstands. So they're basically just like, you know, standing with their hands in the air and flipping the photo. But people are getting like pretty serious about it, like leaning up against horses or like doing backflips and stuff, all with helmets on to promote, you know, helmet awareness. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to post it in the uh, group on Facebook. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but I'll try to make it funny and not hurt myself in the process. Oh, my gosh. I can't even uh, just going back to the naked person with the hay. Can you imagine how awful that must feel on your body? Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> I know. Like that. My first response was, ew. Like, you know, when you get hay down your okay. shirt and you're just like, this is the worst, you know, like imagine it. Why everywhere. would you want it everywhere? I know. <laughs> well, did you guys, it was a while ago. Like, I think it came out when I was like in high school, but there was like this video of a guy doing stadium. Like it was a costume class and he did it butt naked. Oh, no. do you guys not? <laughs> no. you, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to share this video with you guys and I'll share it in the group too. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Yeah, so he didn't have a costume, so he literally just went naked, and he didn't even, like, you know, stop after the ring. He rode right back to the trailer. Okay, I'm going to find it now. But in any case, nudity and horseback always gets my attention. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently, you're the only one of the group that, like, finds the naked challenge in every aspect. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty funny. It makes you wonder what we talk about in my house. Like, what what is my phone listening to that these are the things that come up on my right? feeds? Cats, <laughs> naked. Cats and naked people. Cats and naked people. That sums what? it up. It's why we love you, Ellie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. What do you have, Justine? Bring well, us let's back. See if, if I can uh, one-up you on this, all right? Yeah, uh, can you drop right. the naked people? So my news is about William Shatner, who is an actor. I'm sure you guys, if you don't recognize the name, you definitely recognize his face. But you know who I'm talking about, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So he's getting a divorce. So sorry, William. But his wife, uh, or his now ex-wife, Elizabeth, is a horse person. And so their divorce settlement and was like just settled in an L.A. court recently. And they were picking apart all their rich people things. And I guess William, 
William, <laughs> uh, was awarded all of their horse breeding equipment, and including some semen they had left over from, you know, some some breeding arrangements, which is pretty funny to me. So the, it's like made a bunch of like mainstream media headlines about how William Shatner <laughs> got horse breeding equipment in his divorce settlement. No, no, because it's also not the first time he's had something with his breeding program, not himself, but the horse breeding program. His ex-wife sued him because she didn't get something in the arrangement that they were supposed to in the first wife. And I could be like mistaken, but the first wife's divorce settlement, she was supposed to get one breeding a calendar year and somehow that didn't happen. So then she, so this is the second time he's had like his breeding in his divorce. I know it's, yeah, you're, I mean, you're almost spot on. It's too funny. So he was sued in 2003 by his, I guess, first ex-wife, Marcy, who, yeah, who was supposed to get, they divorced in 95, and she was supposed to get one breeding per year with, I guess, they own American saddlebred stallions together, and she sued him mm-hmm. over it. So he's pretty pretty greedy when it comes to the horse breeding business, it sounds like. But I would love to see his, like, greedy divorce with papers. Semen. His divorce papers just say about semen, breeding, all this. And you got to think about like some lawyers that don't know about horses. They're like, what? What? What is this weirdo stuff? I know, right? <laughs> and you're like, but no, hey- not his own breeding, horse breeding. <laughs> <laughs> and that is pretty expensive. I mean, that is like lucrative, big money yeah. stuff for sure. Yeah. So that's my news for you. That's pretty incredible. Huh. I did hear that one. That was good. The naked one, not so much, but I did hear that one. Too funny. Guys, I'm in the market for a new hay bag and I've been testing some out. But Ellie, do you, what do you use? Do you like hay bags or hay nets? So I love like sturdy hay nets. I've had a lot of bad luck with like, you know, just the regular like nylon ones, like yeah. the really thin straps. Matt's horse literally will rip them open. And so that he can eat faster. <laughs> He's <laughs> awful. No, I, I am in the same boat. So I've used like the old school, like twine type ones for yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. And they're so messy. They're such a pain in the butt to actually put hay in. And I just was, and my horse is the same way. Like he's very mouthy. He's a cribber. He's, you know what I mean? Like he just wants to suck the hay right out of them. So yeah, I want to. Exactly, exactly. So I tried a new one and I wanted to share it with you guys because I am very impressed with it for a hay bag. It's the Smart Pack Slow Feed Hay Bag. And I'm sure you've seen them before. They're they're pretty heavy duty. Like the material that they, they use, I, I'm just, I was really impressed with it when I pulled it out of the box and stuffed hay in it. Like it is, um, it is literally super heavy duty. And what's cool about it, so it's just like a big square bag. And it's like checkered shape, essentially, just to give you guys an idea of what to visualize. But I love the mouth, like the opening part. It has a flexible gator mouth is what they call it. So you can and it's got Velcro. So I just open it up and then it stays in place like it stays held open for me to shove all the hay in there. So that loading the hay part has literally never been easier in my life. And for that reason alone, I would buy this thing again. But also, so it uh, it has a hook on it instead of like having to tie your hay bag up, which always my my old twine hay bag is like full of knots and you know what I mean from tying yep. it up and my horse <laughs> pulling on it so hard and this just has a normal loop so you can hook it with a snap, which is great. 
And, and the bag is pretty big. Like it fits up to 15 pounds of hay. So I, I took it to a dressage show. And then again, I used it in the trailer for cross country schooling lasted all day long. My, you know, there was nothing my horse could do to try to destroy it quickly. He just had to deal with eating out of it. And it was great. It's a great size. It's really easy to clean up too. Like you can just shake all the hay out of it. I fold it up. I put it back in the trailer. So it's ready to go for the next one. And, uh, but I really cannot say it how durable it is enough. Like this is the most heavy duty hay bag I've, I've ever used personally. And it's pretty affordable. So depending on the size you want, the price ranges at smart pack from 29.95 to 59.95. And that's, you know, without any coupons or deals. Um, and I really think that this one's going to last me a long time. So if you want to check it out for yourself, that's again, it's called the smart pack slow feed hay bag and you can go to smartpackequine.com. All right, everybody. So we're really, really excited to have a, a regular guest back on the show with us. It's been a little while, but Alex Wells is a 27 year old amateur show jumper who is as passionate about NFL football as she is horses. She grew up in Huntington, New York and graduated from Florida Atlantic university while competing in Wellington, which is now her home for six months out of the year. She has two cute dogs named Maisie and Crouton, and she travels the show circuit with her professional Grand Prix riding husband, Andrew, and her brand new baby, Anderson. Welcome, Alex. Thanks for having me back, guys. And now, how old is Anderson now? She's actually 11 months. It's I heard you say brand new, and I'm like, wow, that really flew by. <laughs> it did. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she turned 11 months old yesterday and it's been quite a whirlwind, as you know, Jess. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, because now, like I said, two is somehow kind of scary, but it's it's doable. So Alex is ready for number two. I'm just kidding. That is not a rumor (laughs) of her going with number two. (laughs) But speaking of babies and showing, you know, it's... It's a challenge and stuff. How's it been for you guys? You were traveling all over the place with Anderson and everything. Is it easier now that you're in Wellington and kind of hunkered down? Totally. I mean, we went on the road with her when she was four and a half weeks old. And I kind of really didn't intend to ride until six or seven weeks after. And Andrew was like, you know, I don't want to push you, but we're going to Spruce Meadows. So you should probably do something before we go all the way up there. And so I ended up showing five weeks postpartum and wow. Oh my gosh. I don't know to you. (laughs) I mean, nothing tragic happened, but it definitely is a humbling, you know, your, your body isn't what it, where it needs to be. You're not strong yet. You're kind of still getting your bearings back. But I will say I had my veteran XM who's now retired, but he was 17 last summer and kind of waited around for me to, you know, have that baby and get back to it. And he just toted me right around and I was really fortunate to have him on the backside of that because I wasn't quite sure how that would go. It's, it's exciting to go back to an old partner who, you know, so well that that's part of it being easier. Have you started riding others and really competing a bunch? Are you now enjoying being a mom or what are your plans for this year? Well, at the end of last year, XM, we just, we made the decision to retire him. He's still sound and I still put her around on him at home, but I'm sort of in this kind of funny in between place right now. So I haven't been showing a whole lot because I don't have 
anything else to show at the minute, which has actually been quite fun because like you said, I've been able to enjoy being a mom. I'm able to be involved with the horses and, and with the business, but also have time for Anderson and she can come to the barn with me because I'm not riding quite as much and she loves coming to the horse show and it's social hour for her and she pets all the horses and so Aww. it's a lot of fun. So I know you you showed, what did you say, five months postpartum? Uh, five, five weeks. Five weeks. Oh, <laughs> wow. my God. Okay. So did did you, like, how soon did you start riding? I mean, imagine you rode a few times before you went in the show ring. I rode about three times before I showed. And I will preface that by saying I had flatted at home. And my horse, XM, that we'd retired is even though I knew him really well and he was my partner for a really long time, he was one, he's one of those horses that it's just a lot easier to ride in the show ring than at home, kind of an orangutan. And so when we were ready to jump him a real course, Andrew was like, why don't we just go to the show and you can jump him in the classic on Sunday. And I said, all right, let's give this a whirl. And yeah, so I kind of just used that as like my jump school. I didn't really go crazy. I kind of just treated it like we were jumping at home. So did it take a while to get your strength back? Like, do you feel like you're back at 100% or are you still trying to get back? I will say, I think it took me about eight or nine months really to feel like myself again in the saddle, even not just physically, but mentally, you know, you just, it changed for me, at least it changed me a bit. You know, it took me a while to kind of feel like I could really enjoy it without, worrying about something happening, thinking, you know, oh my gosh, something can't happen to me. I need to be so careful now. And I sort of began to realize that, you know, if I have those thoughts in my mind that not only will I not enjoy it, but I'm just not putting good vibes out there. And so I, again, yeah, I think probably eight or nine months before I really felt comfortable, both physically, you know, strong and mentally again. I'm glad you brought that up, Alex, because that's a qu question that's come up a lot from our listeners is, you know, some a listener has had a baby and they're, they're finally getting back to the barn and they've noticed that their confidence has shifted so much. Maybe that's just because of what they feel physically, but do you have any advice on, you know, how do you, how do you get your nerve back after having a baby? Cause you're, I mean, you're an amateur, but you're not, you're not jumping little stuff. I mean, you're like, like it's legit big fences that you're jumping. Yeah. And you know, for me, I'm, I'm fortunate that I have my husband, Andrew, that, knows my strengths and also respects what I'm comfortable with. So in the beginning, I kind of said, Oh, I'll jump small for a while. And he was like, No, come on, you can do it. You know, you've got it. And sure enough, you know, by my second or third week showing I won a meter 30 class up in Calgary. And that was a lot of fun. And it just that was a really big moment for me, sort of getting back into the swing of things, because it showed me that I can still do it. Mm -hmm. um, because no matter who you are, I think after you have a baby and you do this, you just sort of question yourself and if it'll be the same again afterwards. And I think that, you know, for anybody who worries about that or is in the process of going through that right now, I just think that, you know, you have to keep at it and one day you'll get your confidence back and you'll feel like yourself pre-baby in the saddle. So what about your riding goals? I know you mentioned that you're not riding as much and it's kind of a culmination of things with your horse retiring, but also spending more time with Anderson. Does that, do you feel like your, your goals have shifted since you had a baby or uh, like they're just taking a back seat for now, or do you hope to get back at it with another horse? Yeah, I, I certainly hope to get back at it with another horse. You know, we're sort of, we have so many balls up in the air right now that we're kind of just waiting for the dust to settle a little bit. And hopefully I find the right one. And, you know, I'd love to get jumping some 
bigger classes again. You know, it's been a while for me because even though, you know, XM was my rock, we kept him sort of below meter 30 just for his soundness purposes. And so I definitely hope and strive to, you know, jump bigger classes again and feel like I'm one of the big kids. (laughs) So back to bringing the baby to the horse shows. Do you have any tips, like what you've kind of learned in the last 11 months of bringing her kind of across the world and now, you know, in Wellington and stuff, do you have any kind of tips that have really helped you out for while you're there, even watching Andrew or, you know, coaching or whatever else? Like, what do you kind of have for us? Well, I think as a whole, I was so nervous about the whole thing, going into it, traveling, doing all the things with a newborn and I think my first piece of advice would be just to relax because it's all going to be fine. That's no matter how you feel, no matter how anxious you are, it's all going to be fine. You know, it's, you know, I just, I spent a lot of time feeling nervous and wondering how it would all go and everything worked out. And even if I can figure it out, anybody can. So that's definitely <laughs> my first piece of advice. <laughs> and then the other side of it is as long as you're kind of, coincides with that if you're prepared and you have everything that you need for the baby then that baby is fine you know you can they're adaptable I mean Anderson went on 15 airplanes before she was seven months old and she was fine and she was a good travel a good traveler as a result and maybe we're just lucky and I'll be biting my tongue with the second baby but you know (laughs) I think she actually quite enjoyed it and I think you almost get, they get used to it too. You know, it's what you put them into it because same thing, like Hudson now loves airplanes, not so much the horses, but the airplanes. And I was like, maybe this is what we shouldn't have put them on early on. We should have put him on the horse and not the airplane because now he sees airplanes and he's like, mom, airplane, airplane, airplane. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the only thing more expensive than horses. <laughs> right. Doug says to disagree, but I'm like, I don't think so, man. <laughs> <laughs> what about the coronavirus? I know Andrew's got the World Cup coming up in Vegas soon. Are you guys worried that the show might get canceled because of it? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, there's no, there hasn't been any concrete evidence that that would be the case. I think it's just that there's so much unknown, you know, as much as, as much information as there seemed to be spewed about it on varying news resources and all of that. It just seems like, there's still so much we don't know. And, you know, all of these universities are closing in the Northeast now for the rest of the semesters. And we're definitely, I don't want to say worried, but kind of wondering and, and hoping that all goes okay. You know, you work so hard to qualify and hope that you get to go, but I'm certain that the FBI and whoever else is taking whatever precautions are necessary and, you know, whatever's meant to be will happen. It is crazy because I, I, we were talking, I mean, there's been some show jumping CSI events canceled in Italy, where obviously yeah. Italy is dealing with a pretty severe issue with coronavirus. But I like I worry about the Olympics, too. It's an Olympic year, and I know they're watching that closely. Especially in that part of the world. I mean, it's one thing for people to come here, but then when we have everybody going kind of close to where this all originated, it's sort of a big question mark, I think. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, we're definitely sort of wondering and and a little bit concerned, but just sort of hoping that it all works out for the best. Yeah, same. I, yeah, I can't wait to watch Andrew. So, but yeah, last question for you, Alex. You know, WEF is winding down. How was Wellington this year? You know, what was the vibe like at the horse show? Things are going good? 
Yeah, things are great. I mean, we've had a really good winter here. We're very lucky. Our clients have all had a lot of success and we're actually in the process also of building a farm down here. So it's been a little bit hectic, but hopefully at the end of it here, we'll, you know, it'll all have been worth it. But again, all the horses are going well, knock on wood, you know, everyone's still happy and kicking along after 10 weeks. That's all you can really hope for. Yeah. Jess, you know all about the building a farm lifestyle, huh? No, no one wants to talk to us about building a farm. (laughs) We've had every disaster. So I hope everybody, including Alex has way better luck than we've had, but you know what? They say what, you know, you can wait on is good, but we're, we're getting close. (laughs) Well, Hey Alex, thanks so much for joining us. It was great to chat with you. Awesome to chat with you guys. Thank you so much for having me again. Thanks for coming on. We miss you. I know it's fun coming back on with you guys. (laughs) We'll have you back soon. I promise. Okay. Please do. Thank you. (laughs) We'll hope to see you soon. So I wanted to ask you guys about reducing fatigue in horses because I've only ever like dabbled in cross country and I feel like, I mean, they've got to get tired fast, right? I mean, maybe it's because I ride a big draft cross, you know, he's going to pretend he's tired even when he's not, but what are some things that you guys do to kind of work on getting your horse in that stamina and, you know, reducing their fatigue? For us, like one of the big things is like making sure they are physically fit by keeping up on their gallops and keeping up like we walk, which we talk about a lot is we walk a ton, but then there are extra things that people do throughout it. But one of the big things that we do cross country, there's all the lead up that goes up to keeping them fit and everything. But one of the things that really has kind of been pretty incredible about bringing them down is the flare strips. We use those and we do them for all the big courses cross country because it's pretty amazing the science that goes behind them on what opening their airways like in their nostrils and stuff, just letting them do that really does help them recover faster and reduce fatigue. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Jess, because I'm I'm at a point where I'm eventing more than I ever thought I would. And, and so I've been on the flare strips website a lot lately going like, am I ready? Like, would this would this help my lower level horse? And I think we're ready because I just took him cross country schooling last week and he was great. But when he gets a little you know, like he's always a little anxious when we first get out in that big field and I could hear him breathing so hard, you know, but I feel like he he is, it's like almost like shallow breaths, right? So I'm wondering if the flare strip will help him use more oxygen to help himself, you know, like help him open his nostrils and really breathe to the best of his ability. Because I think that would help him even in the recovery phase after riding, right? Like as he's coming down, like the flare strip will help him basically replenish his oxygen to kind of keep his, keep him going. To come back faster, yeah. And that's the biggest thing is, Horses, it's not just while they're going, it's the recovery as as well. And one of the big reasons like that oxygen is important, obviously, to help them recover, but it's also important to not remove the strip. Like everybody, there's a lot of things, but one of the interesting things I thought was pretty interesting with the flare strips is you don't want to remove it until the horse is actually fully cooled out and is breathing to return to normal because that actually helps them recover faster as well which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know that either. That's, so like I- that's one of the tips that they've said on the flare strips, like just knowing about it. And, you know, like this is something that we just use for our horses and everything else. And I know a lot of people do it, but we always make sure we have them because it does help them. I really truly believe. So we have like, 
packs and packs of them. We just like basically, you know, stock up. Like I order them in like packs of like 10 or 12 or whatever it is just to make sure I don't run out essentially. I think that's really interesting though. So even like after you're done and you're walking back to the trailer, don't take the flare strip off yet. Like what, wait till your horse is cooled out. Yeah. And so for us, most of the time they're getting cooled out in a vet box or whatever at the big shows. So like, it's easy. Just don't take it off to like, you're going back, but yeah, it's important not to take it off. Like we are, you're normally walking the horse back when you strip all the tack and everything, just leave it on. And a lot of times like we'll leave and, you know, leave the bridle on, make sure you cool them out. And if they're super hot, leave the bridle on because that's one extra thing that you can keep the flare strip, keep the bridle on and get the ice water on them. If it's a really hot day, just to get them back. Cause the biggest thing is, is you want to get them back recovered faster. Don't let them sit there. Don't let them be hot. Don't let them, you know, you see people that drives you nuts. Like you get to horse shows and you're like, throw ice water on the horse, be prepared before your horse comes off cross country. Yeah. So we have the ice prepared. We have buckets full of ice water. If it's a hot day, just so that, you know, like get there and have it not, oh, the horse is like breathing and is like trying to recover. And you're like doing, you know, you're taking your own boots off. I'm like, take your own boots off later. Take, right. your, take care of the horse. Make sure he's recovered. He's back to breathing normal before you kind of say, okay, he's fine. And then that's when you remove the strip, basically. Interesting. So if you want to learn more about how you can reduce fatigue and conserve more energy with your horse, you can find all that information by going to Flare Strips, which is F-L-A-I-R, strips.com. Special thanks and shout outs to everybody who has donated to us on Patreon. We really appreciate all the support and thank you to everybody who contributes every month. So guys, it is that time. It's Rose and Thorn. Who is ready? I could go if you guys need a minute. Do I can go. Yeah, you go. You go. Okie dokie. Let me see. Okay, so I I guess this will be my thorn. I'll start with my thorn. It's kind of a long-winded story, so buckle in. I feel like I'm becoming the crazy chicken lady to rival Ellie's crazy cat lady energy. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so our, we have... We have you guys know I have chickens in my backyard and there are a couple of our neighbors here downtown that have chickens too, but there's been this phantom stray chicken in our neighborhood that I, <laughs> I've become obsessed with it. I've like, my husband is so tired of me cause I come home from work and I'm like, I'm just going to go for a walk and look for the chicken. And it's just, what? It's, <laughs> what? <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> So the, this chicken, it's just, it's just a little orange chicken that we keep seeing it like it's loose out in the neighborhood. Like, so it'll randomly be in neighbor's bushes and there's this like empty lot kind of close to the main road to our entrance, which you got to picture like we live in a very urban area. So it's just it's like very weird to see a random chicken out and, you know, on the side of the road. And so I'm like afraid for the chicken safety and so my husband comes home at lunch a lot. He works real close nearby, like he could walk home. And so he usually takes our dogs for a walk. So we text photos of the stray chicken to each other all day. Like, oh, I saw her at this corner and this corner, blah, 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 blah. And then we go and look for her. 
So we've tried multiple times where we've driven around the neighborhood together on like a Saturday morning looking for the chicken to try to catch her. And we cannot catch this chicken. I mean, it's been weeks and I can't catch the chicken. And we're posting in Facebook groups like it's a missing somebody's missing dog or something on like next door on that app too. like, does somebody own this chicken? Who owns this chicken? And no one will claim the chicken. And she's missing. She's missing a toe and she's missing half her beak. So I think she's been on her own for a long time. And I'm just I'm so determined to catch the chicken and just bring her into my backyard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll send you yeah, guys I'm pictures of her. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> right. So we live like there's like a historic cemetery on the corner of our neighborhood. Sometimes she's in there. So I'm just casually driving my my truck, my big F-150 through this neighborhood looking for the chicken. I've literally jumped out of my truck, like kept it running, left the door open to chase it down the road before. And I've still never caught her. I keep a blanket in my truck now because I was thinking like, well, maybe if I get close to her, close enough to her, I could just throw the blanket over her and I could catch her that way. That has not helped. Like, I leave food out for her. We leave food out for her. We bring our chicken food into the neighborhood and leave piles of food for her. But I cannot catch the chicken. I'm I speechless. think you definitely surpass any kind of cat thing. <laughs> I have never put that much energy into trying to catch anything. <laughs> But I if you were have no words. What is that old She's TV so show about the like looking. who used to catch cheaters? That's what you remind me of. You're a kid, a chicken oh catcher, private investigator. <laughs> like you and your husband are texting each other. <laughs> I know he's an enabler because he's like, all right. At first, he thought I was crazy, but then I got him. Now he's just into it, you know. So well, now I really want you to catch this chicken. Because at first he oh. kept being like, we have no room for this chicken in our coop, which is not wrong. You know, like, he's not wrong. But but what am I supposed to do? Like, she's going to get hit by a car or something. You know, right? I don't <laughs> know what you do. I mean, I'm speechless still. You actually made Jess speechless. Right? I mean, I, I really, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, my gosh. Well, here, I'm, I'm going to send you guys a picture of my my stray chicken. <laughs> But that's my thorn because I can't catch her and it's been going on for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just so stressed at work that I need relief. So this chicken is my relief. Jeez. I... <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of worried to know what your rose is now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, my rose is so <laughs> I took Mikey to our first recognized dressage show. And we competed at first level and he, he was like super amazing. And my husband surprised me because work has been very stressful lately for a number of reasons. I just feel like I work too many hours in the day and it, the dressage show is at the fairgrounds, which is pretty close to Tampa, like so in town and there's a hard rock casino literally across the street from it, which has like a really big, nice hotel and like a nice spa and a nice pool. So he surprised me um, knowing that I'd been stressed with a room at the hotel for the horse show. So then I just had to literally drive across the street to go get to Mikey. Um, and it was just really thoughtful. It was so it was so nice. And then we had like a really nice meal and stayed in a nice hotel and had a pool to hang out at while, you know, we waited in between classes. And then Mikey was wonderful. He won both his classes. He got a 65 in, in his first level test. And I just nice. could not, I know I could not be happier with him. 
So that is my rose. It was just like a nice weekend with both my boys, my horse, and my husband. So that's my rose. And your chicken. But I was still, even She's though I was having a good time, have the I, was, I was dreaming of the chicken still. <laughs> it's on my mind all the time. I hope I will... that if you catch this chicken, you put it in one of those chicken harnesses, and it also accompanies you to horse shows. I would oh love that. Gosh. But I feel like... <laughs> Chicken yeah. is the opposite of that because it's like a stray. It's not friendly. Like my chickens are friendly. This one is not friendly. I'm determined to make it friendly. <laughs> so Jess, what about you? So my rose is that I'm excited. I actually like went back to riding and it's been fun. And then I actually like worked out this week, which was a lot of fun too. Like just getting back to like feeling normal. I know that sounds stupid as like my rose, but I'm like back to like feeling like myself and figuring that's out not how stupid to at all. have these children and everything. So that's, that's definitely my rose is like, that I feel like I've accomplished the fact of having two children and figuring out all this. So that is definitely my rose this week. And then my thorn kind of goes in with that is as we're figuring out all this, like, I feel like I finally like got everything. I've gotten back in a groove. I can ride, I can exercise, do everything. And then it's all going to go blow up next week when we start traveling and going on the road. So I feel like my rose is that I finally like accomplished all this. And I feel like it's like a bomb's going to blow up because not that I don't want to go on the road. I love going on the road. It's just now the first time is going to be like, how do we pack for all of these people and the amount of stuff. So the only like light at the end of the tunnel there is we did figure out we're going to our farm to go after that. And so we're going to actually take a bunch of stuff up. So Courtney's like, why don't you just take your trailer? And I'm like, sweet. That means I can pack even more stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Which I'm I didn't tell though, them that. For like, I didn't tell them that part. There. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't tell Courtney or Doug the part that I'm like, oh, I'll definitely take the trailer. Means I can back like four more suitcases. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. I mean, I'm I'm impressed, you know, with Hudson, everything that you did this last year. And now you've got two of them. That is a ton. I know. So I'm like, well, she's easy at this stage. Like she's not mobile. Everybody says like, you know, when you first have them, oh, they're easy before they start moving. And with Hudson, I was like, so worried, like, you know, oh no, oh no. And you feel more comfortable with the next one. And I'm like, oh, she's way easier. She's not mobile. Like he runs out the door and just leaves. Like he's like, bye mom. And like goes and finds the dogs to play with. And I'm like, oh no. Oh, <laughs> so my rose is definitely that I've got it under control. And my thorn is it's not going to be under control as of next week. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Temporary. Temporarily. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. What about you, Ellie? Okay. Well, Justine, you've inspired me. So my rose and my thorn are both animal related, but we'll start with my rose because it has to do with my cats. So <laughs> my, basically we have, we call the outside cats and the inside cats right? Matt does not like the inside cats. I don't know why. He just, he doesn't like that they live in the house. But Matt has like fallen in love with one of the barn cats and she like follows him around, like goes to the garage to work on the tractor with him. It's like the cutest thing. And I'm like, why do you like this cat? And he's like, maybe. He like doesn't want to admit it, but he actually likes that cat. So that's my rose is that I'm slowly converting him into a cat man. Aw. 
But my thorn is, it reminds me of your stray chicken because I thought that there was a stray cat living under my front porch because the the barn kittens have been going under there like during the day and stuff. And I drive home from work and they're like on the front porch. They like pop out from underneath. And I'm like, oh, there must be like a cat or something living under there. Whatever. So I go one night uh, to go look at the porch. Like, oh, maybe I'll, you know, see the cat or something. I don't see anything. So then the dogs start barking like crazy. And I'm like, man, what the heck are they barking at? Because they bark at everything. I mean, bunnies, deer, birds. So I didn't really think anything of it. And then I saw this enormous um, opossum walking out from underneath my porch. Um, which, I mean, yes, they're cute, but they're also terrifying to look at. If you've ever seen, do you guys have opossums in Florida? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, unfortunately, I think it's, like, befriended my barn cats. And it's also really cute and, like, almost really friendly. Like, I tried to, like, go and touch it. Which shouldn't have done that because I guess they bite really bad. But anyway... So I guess it's my thorn because I now have to kind of figure out what I'm going to do with it. Because obviously with EPM, I don't want it around my horses. Right. But I'm trying to rationalize it. I'm like, well, it's in my front yard and the barn's in the backyard. So trying to figure out whether I have to trap it. Matt told me he was going to start looking at some opossum stew recipes. And I told him that wasn't allowed. So... I have to figure that out. Also, like, I think it's friends with the barn cats. Because, like, the barn cats go in its house all the time. So, I don't I don't know how that... I don't know. So, I might acquire a fourth barn cat that is a possum. Yeah, somebody save me from myself. <laughs> we have we have possums, too. And they, um, they like the chicken coop. Like, I think they eat the chicken feed, you know? So... But they're they're generally pretty scared of my dogs. I don't know if your dog goes after them at all. Yeah, my dogs will go under the front porch, but like they'll get disgusting. Like it's so muddy and stuff. That's what I yeah. like. Try not to get them to chase it. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like Ugh. enough to maybe scare them away. But maybe that's not enough. I don't know. I don't know. I think this man's been he's been living here for a while. He like. <laughs> We drove up. I'm gonna. I'll share a video in the group. But he just. He does. He gives zero craps about anybody. Doesn't play dead. He's just like walking around. Dogs are barking at him. He doesn't care. So I admire him for that. But might have to find him a new place to live. Oh no. So we do have a uh, mailbag that came in. Th- from um we got an email from jenny and she wants to she has a question about barn etiquette and i think this is a great question for both of you guys just from like the professional perspective but ellie you too as a barn owner and she wants to know what exactly is the barn manager's role so she moved to a new barn a more expensive barn so she could get good instruction and she started working there part time to kind of help out with her costs and the barn manager at this farm is nice but she's 18 years old Uh, Multiple times she said the barn has run out of bedding or grain and every time the barn manager scolds the employees for not informing her about supplies running low. 
but the same thing happens when someone can't make their shift. The barn, uh, the barn manager refuses to fill in and take their place and instead scolds the workers for not being there. So Jenny is a little concerned um, and said, in her opinion, she thinks a barn manager's, manager's job is to make sure the barn is fully staffed and to make sure they don't run out of basics like bedding and feed. But she's starting to feel like maybe she's crazy because the last two barns she's boarded at, she's had the same issue where the barn manager didn't monitor the supplies and they kind of ran into these issues. So the question is, what is the barn manager's job? Is Jenny being unrealistic and does she need to adjust her expectations? Who wants to go first? First, May I will. First off, I would ask exactly that. What is the barn manager's job? Like, what are you getting paid? What is she getting paid to do? That's what I was going to say. I mean, is she getting a paycheck? Like, like, can I have that job? Like, it doesn't seem like, I mean, no offense. I don't know this person or anything else, but she doesn't seem like she does much. And I'm saying this only from one side of, you know, hearing only one side, but in my opinion, like the barn manager should be doing all of that. That's kind of, they're the manager they're on, they're the responsible ones. So, you know, for us, Courtney's our barn manager. So ultimately it is our responsibility at the end of the day, because we're, you know, if you look at it, like from a hierarchy thing, that's Doug and I's responsibility, but then it's Courtney and then it's everybody else that is employed for us. So, you know, if they don't do anything and Courtney's like, well, I wasn't there or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but dude, that's your job to find out all that. Like ultimately, yes. X person should have told in our sense, Courtney, that we were running low on grain, but it's also Courtney's job. Like, so if Courtney didn't realize it and then we're out of grain, like, I'm not going to go yell at 12 other people. I'm going to yell at Courtney because that's her job to figure it out. Whether she delegates it and says, Hey, look, you do this and this either. She's good at delegating her job and then that's totally fine. But ultimately it's her responsibility because then ultimately it's our responsibility to make sure the horses have grain because it's our business. So that's what we pay her for though, is so that we aren't always in the feed room. She is there 90% of the time making sure all of that. So I think, you know, the very big question for Jenny is, what is the barn manager's job? I would ask that. Like maybe that's somebody else's, you know, description and she's supposed to just do books. But I would ask the, you know, whoever's in charge, like the highest person and say, look, the highest person like at our barn is Doug and I. So you want to ask us, we'll tell you whose responsibility that is. And I think that's the first question she should ask because she's not unrealistic that horses supplies should be there at all times. You shouldn't be running out of those all the time. And yeah. the fact that like you're doing it at several barns, like kind of concerns everybody, probably including Jenny. Yeah, definitely. What do you think, Ellie? I think Jess hit it on top of the head. I mean, that the fact that this has happened multiple times is really scary. You know, like, okay, I can see, you know, there was a One miscommunication. Time. Yeah. But so if like, they didn't get delivered have... something, but multiple times and no excuse for it and no reason for it mm-hmm. is, I mean, I, I know I'm being pretty, to be honest. I know. And that's the thing is I know I'm being hard on this, but Jenny has got expectations for what her horse is. And she seems to be on par for what, like we expect our horses. So, you know, I think that if she's not getting the answers, it scares me that there's multiple barns because that would be my next thing is like, okay, you moved from a barn that wasn't doing it. You're paying more money to hopefully resolve this and it's not getting resolved. And 
it's super scary, honestly. Yeah. I mean, and so I'm not going to lie. I was a probably a barn owner's nightmare as a boarder <laughs> because I'm a very vocal person, as you guys know. But honestly, I would go to whoever is the head honcho at this barn and explain to them, you know, like, cause at the end of the day, you're paying for a service. And if that service is not done, even if you are working there a couple days a week, you know, you're paying for a service that is being, you know, it, it's subpar right now. And like to not have a horse have grain because someone's not doing their job. That's unacceptable. If you're paying monthly board, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and that's service is not happening. Well, and red flag for me is no, you know, no offense. I've met some very responsible 18 year olds, but the wisdom required or that I would want in a barn manager, you know, that, that understands horses, that understands the needs of a working farm. I, you know, I, the, the, that would just be my first red flag. Like 18 year old. I don't know if I would trust that yeah. person to recognize signs of colic. If my horse was sick and I can't be there and I'm paying this person to be responsible to watch my horse and all the others in the barn. Yeah. Nah. But I, And I know that like, that's just a general, there are some 18 year olds that are amazing. There are some 18 sure, year olds that sure. are terrible and there's probably more, more so in between. But the fact that like, yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is, is like, you got to do your job. Like that's the saying that I say all the time, like do your job. That is it. Like, and there's so many people nowadays that like don't do their job and it drives me nuts. But at the end of the day, like you have to be held, they're animals. Like you have to be held accountable. They don't know that it's Christmas and they don't feel like eating. Like you can't take days off, you know, like there is, they are seven day a week, twice a day have to be looked at hundred percent of the day kind of animals. Right. Definitely. That was my concern is that, you know, if people say they can't make their shift and this person's saying she's not going to fill in, uh, like, okay, then who's going to do it? You know, yeah. like, I mean, it's, it's one thing if she's, you know, in Carol, California or something, you know, and you told her 30 minutes before that you weren't going to make it, then she, but then they need to make arrangements for someone else to be there. You yeah. know, I, you know, I mean, just, like, so Matt and I both work full-time jobs, you know, Berkeley, um, has some allergy problems going on right now. So the vet was going to come at three o'clock. So since Matt works closer to home, he came home for the vet. Like we weren't just going to like not have that happen, you know? Yeah. So this, this is scary, Jenny. Let us know yeah. <laughs> how it goes. Serious red flag for sure. So if you want to hear more from us, I and mean, if you want to submit a mailbag question for us to talk about on air, you can do so by joining our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge, or you can send us an email at hello at heelsdownmedia.com. And we also hope that you are now a subscriber to the Heels Down Brief. You can join our daily email newsletter by going to bit.ly slash hdbrief. And we want to thank our partners this week, Eagle Gold, Flair, and Smart Pack. And all right, guys, I think that is a wrap. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.